Hello, Believers, and welcome to another episode of Believing Bigger Podcast. I'm Dr. Shantae, and this is the podcast that helps entrepreneurs and influencers find the tools, the confidence, and most importantly, the faith to believe bigger in their dreams. Y'all know we are getting to the end of the road. Do you know after this, we only have one episode left, like cue the boys to men music, like to the end of the road. That is where we are. We are at near the end of the road, but these last two podcasts, I think that you will find tremendous value in them. I know I certainly did in creating them for you. And so today's episode, podcast episode number 19, how come you don't call me anymore. Y'all know I wasn't going to let this whole season roll through without a Prince reference, so there it is. And our guiding scripture for this episode is 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, which should be very familiar to many of you. And it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so, How come you don't call me? First thing we're going to be talking about is being low-key mad at God. Number two, we're going to talk about being too busy and distracted for God. And number three, we're going to talk about the power of your signal. So side note, right? The last time I'm editing our podcast episode, I'm like, man, it's like a lot of birds and whatnot chirping in the background. And usually my microphone doesn't pick up all of that. But then I realized... Earlier in the season, it was cold, so I didn't have the windows open like that. But I kid you not, like the way my condo is set up, you would think I live in a bird sanctuary. Like, they be out here deep. And so I was like, oh, I can't have the windows open while I'm recording. And so it's 90-something odd degrees in Chicago today. Just know, I am taking one for the team, brothers and sisters, for production value and quality I am taking one for the team. So for these next 20 minutes, I'm going to have sweat rolling down the back of my neck and in between my fat rolls on my waist. But you know what? That's how much I love you. Okay. And don't you never forget it. So (laughs) let's get right into it. So if you don't take anything else away from this episode, it is this. This is is the point. So I'm going to give you the the last part first. And it is that the strength of your platform... The strength of your platform is directly correlated to the strength of your prayer life. I'll repeat that. The strength of your platform is directly correlated to the strength of your prayer life. And, you know, if we're being honest, you know, if we're just keeping it 100, some of us, we just don't talk to God like we used to. You know, we don't spend the time with God like we used to. Our relationship with him in many ways has become distant. You know, we don't feel as comfortable talking to him as we used to. And it's not that God has changed because God does not change, but we have changed towards him. And sometimes you have relationships like that where everything is cool on your end, but somebody else has changed towards you. They don't call you like they used to. They don't text you like they used to. Y'all used to talk every week or every other day. And then all of a sudden you don't hear from them like that. That is, is what some of us have been doing with God. And as a result, you know, we've lost a little bit of steam, you know, we've lost some momentum. And worst of all, some of us have actually lost faith in God, but that does not happen 
without reason. It happens for a reason. And one of those reasons is that some of us are low-key mad at God. Some of us, and we hate to say that out loud or even acknowledge that, but that is a place that I came to very recently. I realized I was low-key mad at God. I was heartbroken over some things and I was disappointed about some things and I had not talked to him about it and, and I had not resolved it. And so I just did to him what I do to people in real life. I just kind of, I lean back, you know, and I just kind of shut down a little bit, which is not healthy. My, me and my therapist, we talk about this often, that this is not a healthy way to resolve problems and issues and maintain healthy relationships. But that's what, what I did. And I had to acknowledge that I was low-key mad at him. And some of you are low-key mad at him. Psalms 22, one through two says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Kind of sounds like Jesus, right? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no rest. And so some of us are feeling abandoned. Some of us are looking at the struggles of our lives and the things that we're dealing with day to day. And we feel like God is not there. And, you know, we are disappointed. You know, we are very disappointed that, that he's not doing in our situation what we hope that he, that he would do. You know, we love him. We've relied on him. We've done what he's asked us to do. And yet we are disappointed with where we are. We feel abandoned and say, you know, well, what did I do? I, I tried to go to church, you know, and I tried to be a faithful giver and a faithful tither and a faithful servant. And, and I worked in this volunteer opportunity and I work to serve this population, you know, what's really going on? And we are frustrated by stagnation in our platform. Psalms 35, 17 says, how long, O Lord, will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from their fierce attacks, protect my life from these lions. And so some of us also are low-key mad at God because we feel not only abandoned, but we feel like he's sitting on his hands. You know, we believe that God has the power to intervene and we wonder why he hasn't intervened yet. You know, we're struggling with things like debt and dead-end jobs or broken relationships. So some of us have health challenges. Some of us have mental health challenges and we're waiting for God to give us some relief and we're waiting for God to, to give us his protection, you know, because we feel like we're under attack. And so some of us are low key mad at him because we feel like he's just sitting there looking on and doing nothing. And others of us still are mad at God because of Psalm 72, two through four, which says, but as for me, my foot almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped for I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked for they have no pains or suffering until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. In other words, some of us cannot shake that demon of comparison. We see the prosperity of people who live and walk contrary to the word of God and wonder how sway, how, why? Why are they prospering? Why are they popping? Why are they rich? Why are they not troubled with the same troubles that I have? And we don't want to stoop to a level of compromise in our platform. And we all know what that level of compromise is for ourselves. We don't want to stoop to that level, but we're tempted. And we think, well, why them 
and not me. Why am I sitting up here checking every box, dotting every I, crossing every T, walking along the King's Highway, and yet God does not seem to be acknowledging or rewarding our efforts. And so as a result, many of us are just low-key mad at him. We're disappointed. Our hearts are broken. We're sad. And we are disgruntled about where our lives are versus where we thought they ought to be. But here's what I would like to say to you, brothers and sisters, as a result of that. And this is the place that I had to come to. Uh, Psalms 37, 1 through 5 says, Fret not yourself because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious because of the workers of iniquity. Or some versions say, do not be envious of wrongdoers. For they will soon fade like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. In other words, this psalm is saying, look, don't worry about them. Do not worry yourself about people who are doing wrong. Do not worry yourself about people who just out there wilding and walking contrary to the word of God because their end is destruction. It almost always is. And when you think about celebrities, okay, that have succumbed to their demons, that always bears itself out. You know, you for a time, you think they got it going on, but then you realize that all that glitters is not gold, that they really don't have all the peace that you thought that they had, and they don't have the prosperity that you thought that they had. And what they truly value is peace of mind, and it eludes them, it escapes them. And so they're willing to leave behind all of their riches and their children and their family and their livelihood because suicide is, is what they call a, a permanent end to a temporary problem, a, t a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And so because many of them, that's where they find their peace, you know, you realize that everyone who is prospering doesn't necessarily have peace. And then I love this quote from uh, John Boger, which says, anger and bitterness are two noticeable signs of being focused on self and not trusting God's sovereignty in your life. When you believe that God causes all things to work together for good to those who belong to him and love him, you can respond to trials with joy instead of anger and bitterness. And sometimes we confuse joy with happiness. You know, happiness is like that external, you know, got a smile on my face, happy, happy. You know, like that's that's happiness. You know, it it is predicated on what is happening in your life. But joy is like an internal, internal peace, okay? It's regardless of what's happening, you still have joy. You still have contentment in your heart because you know that whatever is happening, God is orchestrating it in such a way that it is designed to work out for your ultimate good. And so when we find ourselves angry and we find ourselves bitter, what it is a sign of is that we don't trust Romans 8 and 28. When we are angry and we are bitter and we are mad at God, it is basically saying that we do not believe that all things work together for the good of them who love God and for those are called according to his purpose, which is why I say that we've lost steam, we've lost momentum, and we begin to lose faith in what the word of God says. Which brings us to 
being too busy for God. So if we're being honest, some of us do treat God like a, a genie in a bottle. Lord, I need. Lord, I want. Lord, can you give me? Lord, can I have? And, you know, when we're not in need, then we don't talk to him. And our relationship with God is a real thing. It's a real relationship, just like you have with the people in your life, okay? It's a real relationship. And any healthy relationship requires three things. It requires trust, communication, and intimacy. We cannot achieve a healthy relationship with God if the only time we talk to him is when we need something. We cannot achieve a healthy relationship with God with these drive-through prayers. And you know what they are. Oh, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. Gotta go. Now lay me down to sleep. Gotta go. You know, like those kind of fly-by-night, insincere, rubber stamp prayer. Kind of like when your child comes home from school. How was school? Good. What'd y'all do? Work. Is everything cool? Fine. You know, it's like that. That is not a deep, personal, intimate relationship. You know, that is really limited, truncated communication. And so when our relationship with God is like that, it's not a healthy relationship. And some of us become really impatient with God. You know, when we believe and trust that God is working for our good and working in our best interest and God knows all of the pieces that need to come together and the time at which they need to come together in order for our blessing to manifest. And he knows that's going to take some time. You know, when things don't happen, when we think that they ought to happen, then we start to get upset and we start to get impatient and we start to lose hope and we start to lose faith. Some of us will wait longer for a free donut at Krispy Kreme when the hot light is on than we will for God to answer our prayers. And I'm telling you this because I've seen that long line. So instead of waiting for God, we do things like take matters into our own hands. You know, we pivot and we go in a different direction instead of committing to the work that he's called us to do. Or we get impatient and we start trying to manufacture our own outcome. We don't see the same value in spending time cultivating that relationship with God as we do invested in our other activities. Because the Bible says, Matthew 6, 21 says, where your heart is, your treasure is also. And time is one of the most precious resources we have. And so you have to ask yourself, how much time am I really investing cultivating this relationship? How much time am I really spending intentionally cultivating the growth and the health of this relationship? Or is it something that I see as kind of like a little tack on like, well, yeah, you know, I, I do a little something in the morning. I'll do a little something tonight. Thank you, Lord. And then I go to sleep. Is it truly an intimate, close relationship? And for those of you who are blessed to have intimate, close relationships, you know, you realize you don't have to talk to this person 24 hours a day. But when you do talk to them, it's meaningful. When you do talk to them, it, you listen as well as speak. When you do talk to them, you're not always just asking them for something, but you're telling them, you know, and sometimes because we feel like because we can't audibly hear God's voice that it's foolish for us to do that. But that's the exactly the kind of relationship that God wants to cultivate with us, which brings us to our guiding scripture. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin 
and heal their land. So let's talk about that first part. will humble themselves. Do you know what humility really requires? Humility requires us to sacrifice our ego, meaning it's not about us. Humility means detaching ourselves from where we think our lives ought to be at this moment and trusting God's timing. Humility means acknowledging that we have to relinquish control of the situation and surrender it to God. Some of us are very much, I hate to use the term control freaks, but you know, we have to be in control. We have to manage it. We have to try to manipulate things in such a fashion to try to get the outcome and the results that we want. And when you are humble, then you are relinquishing control of that process. And some of us can't get to the prayer part where he says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, some of us can't even get to the pray part because we can't do the humble part. We cannot exercise humility and relinquish our will for God's will. And then we get upset when things are not going our way instead of trusting God's way, which brings us to the strength of your signal. You know, if you think about, you know, your connection to God is like, you know, cell phone coverage. Some of us do not have full bars with God. Okay. We do not have full bars. And so if you want to strengthen your signal, okay, if you want to strengthen your prayer life, if you want to reconcile that relationship, then you have to reconcile with God. Okay. You do have to humble yourself and pray and seek his face. And turn from the things that you went running to when you thought he was taking too long to answer your prayer or when you were mad at him. Then the Bible says, will he hear from you and intervene in your situation? And reconciliation never comes without confession. That part is absolutely necessary and say, okay, Lord, I've been on one. I admit it. I have been. I've been low-key mad at you. You know, I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated with you right now. You can talk to God like that without all those these, thou's, those, and who scooped up the earth from the clay. You ain't got to do all that. You know, when you have a close, intimate relationship with somebody, you don't talk to them like that. You talk to them like you have a close, personal, intimate relationship, and you can just be real, and you can just be transparent. And so... In that reconciliation process with God, it's never going to come without confession. Many of us have experienced this, okay? So we have experienced those moments when somebody did us dirty and instead of apologizing and acknowledging what they did to hurt us, they just start acting like everything is cool again. They act like they didn't say what they said or they act like they didn't do what they did and they just start glossing over it, you know, and just acting like y'all just cool, without ever really acknowledging the transgression. And I'm going to tell you something. Even though eventually you might get over it and be like, okay, you know, you're going to act like that didn't happen. You're going to act like you ain't say all that. Okay, I'm going to be a bigger person. I'm going to squash it. But I'm going to tell you what, that person ain't got full bars with you. Their signal strength with you is not full because they have not acknowledged it. And the Bible says when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. It happens instantaneously. And so that reconciliation with God has to happen if we want to have a stronger signal. Some of us don't have full bars with God because we need to reconcile a relationship with other people. So Matthew 5, 23, 24 says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. 
And so some of us, we're ticking all the boxes, we're tithing, we're going to church and we're walking on the King's Highway, but we got beef. We got animosity. God cannot receive our prayers when we have animosity in our hearts towards other people. So one of the reasons why we don't have full bars with God is because the strength of our signal is weakened by unresolved conflict. And so that whole humble yourselves, part of that humbling yourself is not only humbling yourself before God, but it's also humbling yourself and letting go of your ego to go and be reconciled to your brothers and sisters. But when we have full bars, okay, when our signal strength is popping, then 1 John 5, 14 and 15 applies. And it says that this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that the petitions that we have desired of him are granted. And so if we have a healthy relationship with God, a relationship that's built on trust, communication, and intimacy, and we are clear on his word and his will, then our prayers will be in alignment with his word and his will. And that gives us confidence that we are going to have what we ask. We may not have it tomorrow, but we have confidence that whatever we're asking for, because it is in alignment with his word and because it is in alignment with his will, then God will give us what we desire. And if we have a close, personal, intimate relationship with God, then the desires of our heart are going to align with God's desires for our lives. I'm going to repeat that. When we have a close, personal, intimate relationship with God, the desires of our hearts are in alignment with God's desires for our lives. And so how come you don't call me anymore? You know, God is kind of looking at us like, you know, we we used to be cool, but you know, you you changed. You changed it up. You know, you started acting funny. Okay. You started, you know, you don't call, you don't write, you know, and when you do, you know, it's real limited. Hey, you know, being passive aggressive and things like that. And so the strength of our platform is directly correlated to the strength of our prayer life. And if we don't have a strong personal relationship with God, then the strength of our prayer life is just not there. And so I'm encouraging you believers that, as we go into, you know, the rest of this summer and start gearing up for fall, that that's an area that you need to reexamine. Some of you, you are hearing this and you are spot on. And if you are spot on, that's awesome. But others of us, this is an area where we need to grow and develop. So if you have any questions, takeaways, you know, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm 98% free of congestion, but you know, it's always that 2% that like stays in your chest, just hanging on, trying to be petty. That's what I'm dealing with right now, but I do feel better this week. So I look forward to hearing from you and I will see you next time.